with the third selection of the 2019 MLB Draft, the Chicago White Sox select Andrew Vaughn, a first baseman from University of California at Berkeley. Hello and welcome to Socks on Tap. This is the draft edition of Socks on Tap. I am Johnny Nani. I'm joined today by Tony Marchese. No White Sox game today, Tony, but the White Sox just selected Andrew Vaughn at three overall in the draft. How are you feeling about that pick? You know what, Johnny? I didn't like last year's pick. Uh, instant reaction on Shy Sox Weekly. I did not like it. Uh, different story this year, Johnny. Uh, I absolutely love this. Andrew Vaughn, um, I think we kind of knew coming into this draft that uh, he was going to be the guy that the White Sox were going to take. Obviously, Adley Rutschman and Witt were slated to go one and two, and things followed suit. We got Andrew Vaughn. Um, I am 100% okay with this. His bat is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, he is going to hit the ball out of the rate over and over and over again. At least that's the plan, and I will be there to watch that happen. Johnny, I love it. How about you? Yeah, I like it too. I, I like it that it's the safe pick. I know, um, you know, you talked about last year being uh, kind of on the fence with the Madrigal situation. I think last year was just a down draft overall. I don't think Madrigal would have went in those like top, you know, he was top five last year. I don't think he, he, you know, I would say he'd be on the outskirts of the top 10 in a stronger draft year. So this one was a little more set in stone, I think with uh, obviously Rushman first and then Witt second. I know the Royals had been huge on Witt for weeks leading up to this, so I was glad that the White Sox kind of uh, stuck to their guns here because I think that Abrams, the shortstop, that would have been the other uh, guy that was you know in the circulation for the White Sox here. I think he is just more of a risk, and it's probably going to take longer for him to develop being a high school shortstop. So I do, uh, you know, like you said, what I love uh, seeing Vaughn's power. He was the uh, Golden Spikes uh, award winner in 2018, and he was a Pac-12 Freshman of the Year in 2017. So obviously, he has some accolades behind him already. So I'm excited for it. You know, I am too. I'm I'm really excited to see this kid. And I feel like he is when you meant when you mentioned safe, he's one of those guys that should be on, I think, more of an accelerated timeline, even more accelerated than a Nick Madrigal. Um, just because we know his game already, I think. It's power. It's a power bat. He's not really all that great defensively. He can't he can't play. He can play first base pretty decent, but that's not what you're drafting for. You're not really de- trying to develop this kid into anything other than what he already is. Um, and that's why I didn't really like the option of, you know, a- a- well, anything else that was out there. Because like you mentioned, it takes longer for a, a high school shortstop to develop. Um, you've got Tim Anderson locked up here. You've got Nick Madrigal in the system. You've got some middle infield pieces already, I think, that are kind of stewing around here. Now, I know people are going to come out and say, Eloy Jimenez could be a first baseman. Daniel Palka could be a first baseman. We've got Jose Abreu. We should resign him. Uh, you've got Jake Berger who could come play first base. There's plenty of options at first base, but there's always going to be room in a lineup for a power bat like Andrew Bonds. The pitch selection that he 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 shows right here, the plate discipline, uh, the kid takes his walks. He just he has a great approach, and I really like it. I was watching clips of him all day. Um, I, I kind of expected this to happen, so I wanted to be um, kind of well versed on on his game, and I really like what I see, Johnny. Um, you know, our guy Andrew Kinsler wrote up a nice little article over at OnTap Sportsnet um, about this pick. Uh, our other guy DJ, he did a little draft preview, and he listed Andrew Vaughn 
um, as a likely White Sox pick. Um, and that, that came to fruition. So, I mean, we've got a ton of stuff up at ontapsportsnet.com if you want to go figure out a little bit more about this guy. But I, sh- I, I recommend that you go out to YouTube, watch this guy's clips, um, and just kind of take a look and see, uh, you know, how he plays this game. Um, excellent bat. Some of these home runs are prolific. It's just, it's very impressive to watch. Uh, and I can see him really accelerating up into the big leagues fairly soon. Yeah, yeah, I, all good points there. Like you had said, a lot of this is in articles on ontapsportsnet.com. You can go check that out. But, you know, just looking at Vaughn's numbers, the average did drop. He was above, you know, 400 in 2018, uh, which is a little unbelievable un, uh, when I'm just like looking at this here. But then uh, he was down to 381 this year compared to his 349 average in uh, 2017, his freshman year. Um, but, you know, on base percentage was up each year so that's a good sign um you can tell that he's becoming a more professional hitter even through uh just the college ranks there and then another thing that is just interesting to me is that you know nick madrigal when we drafted him last year he was on oregon state so they still had a college world series run in them and that goes you know till mid almost on june whereas cal has been already eliminated from their regional so i think uh you're gonna see him in the system soon yeah, that's what I was just going to say. You're going to get a little bit earlier taste of Andrew Vaughn as compared to what we saw Nick Madrigal in a White Sox uniform, whether that be in the, uh, you know, obviously they'll probably send him off to Arizona first um, and then probably Kannapolis fairly soon after that. Or maybe uh, Great Falls possibly stop in between there. Depends on how they how ready they feel he is. But, uh, yeah, like you said, sooner rather than later. Yeah, and like I said, the, uh, the one thing that I really like to see um, – with this with this pick here is look at those walk numbers just continue to increase over and over again. I touched on this a little bit. He went from 19 to 44 to 59 in 2019. 59 walks in um, 176 at bats. That's a lot of walks. Um, the eye is is above average for a college ball player, um, and I mean that's one of the things that I'm I'm really honed in on. I want to see how that translates into uh, some minor league ball here because obviously the college game doesn't translate a hundred percent into, you know, even like a great falls league. So we'll see where he ends up. Um, I would think maybe, maybe a chance to get him in, uh, some a ball, some double a by the end of the year. I think that might be a little bit aggressive for him, but, uh, I would think that you probably see him at double a probably next year, Johnny. What do you think? Yeah, I would say next year, most likely, you know, when there's like it's already the season's already started there for those minor leagues. And then they also finish up a little bit earlier. So I would probably assume him finishing this season in high A Winston-Salem if he moves through those ranks. No injuries there. And then definitely double A next season. You know, with college guys, that's the nice thing we talked about. You know, and Abrams would be moving slowly through the system. Uh, It would be his first time. You know, he'd be playing under age of a lot of these guys, whereas Vaughn will be right around there, probably a little bit younger than the average age in that league. You know, that's always a stat that you see on baseball reference. Mm So, um, yeah, like it's a quick move through the system. That's what I would expect. But uh, still probably high A is about where he'll finish this season since it already is shortened. 
So let's talk a little bit about future impact on the White Sox lineup that that Andrew Vaughn's going to have here. Uh, obviously, he doesn't really play any other positions besides first base. Um, so that's his that's his go to right there. The good thing about this is we're an American League team. Uh, the bat is his is his tool here that they, the White Sox had drafted him for. Uh, could wind up being a DH split platoon guy at first base. Um, and like we kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, the White Sox are flush with first base options. Uh, the nice thing about this is, is the state that the White Sox are in right now, rebuilds starting to get competitive, um, trade opportunities. You got a guy like Gavin Sheets, who's uh, been in this organization for a while, another uh, high draft pick for the White Sox. This makes a guy like him expendable. Um, it makes a guy like um, Jake Berger even expendable, but I don't think he's he's expendable at this point in time because I don't know his value. But there is definitely some room now for the White Sox to work um, with some of these guys that they have in the system. Building depth is important, but I would start to rank Andrew Vaughn ahead of some of these other guys. Uh, just in what we have in the farm system, uh, I, I would I would think he easily cracks the top 30 White Sox prospects right away, right out of the draft as of the day he signs. Um, and you know you're flush with options here, but the first base landscape is really interesting, Johnny, at least for me. Um, Jose Abreu, are the White Sox going to re-sign him? Is Andrew Vaughn the long-term answer at first base? Um, these are questions that are going to have to be answered. I mean, how do you see this panning out? Oh, I mean, this is like, you know, it's immediate reaction right here. Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, it's questions that will have to be answered down the road. I think I need to see exactly what he brings to the table on a uh, – you know, a professional level here uh, in the minor leagues. So I'd, uh, I'm going to reserve saying, yes, Abreu is going to be resigned or no, it's not going to, you know, we're not going to keep him. And then Vaughn is just the already planned for the future. Way too premature to say that, but it definitely decreases the chances of Jose Abreu being resigned. I think that's a fair assessment. Do you? Yeah. And, and obviously we're going to, we know what happens with draft picks. Um, uh, a guy like Jake Berger comes in and, and suffers an injury or, you know, you get really high on a guy like Carson Fulmer or Carlos Rodon. They come right in and they can translate into, you know, big league uh, players almost right away. You know, they, they can just transition right into it. So we'll have to see what happens here. But like I said, um, I don't really expect him to hit double A maybe until early next year. Um, that's not even saying that he's going to be there next year, or you could see something really crazy happen. And like you mentioned, uh, there's no college world series run for him. Um, he can come right in and start mashing right away and finish the year at double a, we would, we'd have to figure that out, but, um, that's up to the white Sox to kind of handle and, and player development. And that's one thing that I think that you and I, um, have had reservations about in the past, Johnny, um, with some of these position players being developed, it's going to be interesting to see how he is handled because I feel like he is almost at a point where his hit tool is so far advanced above some of these levels of play that he's going to be playing in when you consider the age that it'll be interesting to see if we see any you know regression down just because it's pro ball right away or if he's just completely well over the top of some of these guys, even if they're a little bit older than him. Yeah, definitely all uh, questions for, you know, Vaughn to answer in just his play on the field, how he carries himself, uh, how the uh, player development staff likes him, all of that kind of stuff. But one thing I just wanted to ask you, uh, did you see 
I, I did not, but have you seen any highlights of him playing with a wood bat in any leagues or tournaments? You know what? I didn't. I, I, I Everything I saw was metal bat. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see how his game translates to something that I have not uh, yet looked into. I know you, you want to bring up good wooden bat hitters. One of the guys that comes up to my mind uh, in the draft last year was Bryce Bush. He was all wood bat. Everything was wood bat. He looked good. Um, that's a big question, I think, for Andrew Vaughn to answer um, because most of his season here was played metal bat. And, you know, you're going you're gonna to see a little bit of decrease in power with the wood bat, but, you know, uh, the game is still the same, in my opinion. The power is still there. Um, but a big, a big question mark, I think, that you brought up there and something that we're going to have to watch as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all just part of the adjustment period. Right. Uh, guys going from college, he played there his past three years with that. Um, I, you know, I would imagine that there's maybe a little bit of an initial one. But like you had said, the, the, the skill itself, uh, it's already there. He's, he's got the strength. He's got the power. Um, I don't think that's going to be an issue, but it's just something that, you know, you have to take into consideration. And, you know, people talk about, you know, we're in this exciting, very exciting stage of the rebuild. You want to call it contention window cracking open if that is uh, where we're at right now. Hey, crack and em. yeah, crack them. And you want to see these guys uh, move through quickly. But that is just one factor that I just want White Sox fans to take into consideration that made, you know, I wouldn't say it's a major um uh, detriment or a uh, handicap for him, but it, it'll just be something that he has to get used to. So um, that's uh, the, the, I'm, other than that, Tony, overall, I, I just can't say um, how satisfied I am with this pick because there's some, sometimes uh, you think like, Oh, are the white Sox going to go off the rails here. Are they going to try something that, you know, is super aggressive, you know, like if it were to be Abrams or something. So I, I'm happy they stayed with the safe pick. Like you said, I know there may be a position log jam. If you're just looking up and down every single level of the organization, but the power is always going to play. I mean, why do exactly. we have a Yonder Alonzo stuck in the middle of that lineup? I mean, granted the other talent isn't ready yet, but they want the power in there. It's always right. going to be that way for an AL team. Right, which is why I'm happy with this pick, maybe because of what we saw last year come with Nick Madrigal, and there was absolutely no power. Totally different type of game, um, totally different position. I just felt like this was rounding it out, and, and maybe that's why I was a little bit hesitant to go you know, full in on maybe an Abrams, because I feel like we already have some of that, not, not exactly the same game in Madrigal and Abrams, but um, we've got, we got some of that last year. Um, and then I was, it was such a bad pitching year, Johnny. There was nobody that was really standing out as an elite pitcher. Um, nor did I really want to see the, the White Sox go with a pitcher at number three here. Um, we all know the reasons why. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We would say, I think we've already mentioned his name earlier in the show. Yeah. So. <laughs> but you know, it's, 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 I'm just, I'm so happy with this pick right now. I, I, I can't express um, how happy I am, even though, you know, it would have been nice to see an Adley Rutschman fall to us, but I think all things considered, this was probably the best pick the Sox could have made, at least in my opinion. I'm sure there's people who are going to argue with me on that one. And you know what? You brought something up. There was a tweet that I saw right before going into the commercial before the White Sox took their pick. And um, I don't know who it was. I wish I had kept it up here. Uh, it's kind of buried in the timeline now. But uh, it was something along the lines of, 
I am so nervous right now because of what the White Sox have put me through over the past decade or something um, with some of these picks uh, that they will not go with Andrew Vaughn, and they did. There it is. Lock it down. Done. Safe pick. We're on to round two, um, and we'll probably have some recap reaction on that on the next Sox on Tap, but um, uh, the draft is, is a long, grueling experience for not only us but uh, the MLB team itself and the staff that has to make these picks this thing goes on for days man it's it's a long long grind yeah I I mean it is and I I kind of agree with I don't I didn't see that tweet but that now that you uh air that out to me I kind of feel the same way so whoever that was uh, I agree with you and uh, it's just that you know, these picks can look good at the time. So I'm not saying Andrew Vaughn's an absolute, uh, you know, going to be an all-star right now. It's way, you know, you can't say that. But the just the, the like I said, the safety of it is what I like. Whereas there's other ones that, you know, you felt safe with Rodon. But then again, you know, pitcher's arms. So, right. What have you? It's, I mean. And if it doesn't, and that's, the, you know, we now we're getting into it. If it doesn't hit you right away, it's going to catch up with you eventually. And even yeah. though even though Rodon was not completely healthy throughout the course of his career so far, uh, this was the big the big whammy here. This was the you know it just it it came at a time where it shouldn't have, and you know pitching is just so fickle. It's so hard to to gauge what's going to happen next. The injuries pile up. Arms are so fragile, and you know. It, I, I'm just. I think I'm happy with this pick because I love the power. You know, I, I think we've talked about that all like all over the place. We've talked about it in our chats. We've talked about it on our podcast. We've talked about it at the ballpark. The long ball is just so fun to watch. And it, I mean, that's the way the game is trending. You know, uh, home runs, big hits. Uh, that's you know, it's it's less about small ball and uh, more about the big bops. To be honest with you, so uh, I like it. Uh, I think it's a uh, good a uh, what's the word I'm looking for a good future outlook yep. when you're when you're talking about this pick right now and how he will be down the road when it's probably you know still two and a half ish years off. I would guess until we see him you know regularly in mm-hmm. the show. So. I do like it for future considerations. Uh, I, I can't say it enough. I, I think it's a safe pick. And it, if it ends up not working out, then I will come back and I'll eat these words. But at the time, you know, it, it's like a trade. When you make it at the time, it's how did it affect both teams at the time? Um, you got to look at it in that frame. You can't go down the road and say, oh, C.J. Abrams is this all-star gold glove, whatever. The Sox should have picked him, yada, yada, yada. Well, you know uh, what you would be so White Sox? Frame. You know what would be so White Sox, though, Johnny? Is What's when that? is when ten years from now, Abrams is a uh, perennial All Star. You know that would be yeah. so White Sox. But yeah, we're not, we're not going to look towards that right now. Um, we've had enough of that this year so far. The Sox have looked pretty good. We made a solid pick at number three. One thing that I wanted to ask you is: this the last top ten pick of the rebuild for the Chicago White Sox? Is this the last time that we are going to be? on the edge of our seats for a draft pick in this well, rebuild. Okay, so obviously this depends on how the season finishes here. I don't want to say absolutely no 
because it's just been a weak stretch here of the White Sox playing some solid baseball, um, a, a nice homestand, uh, what, you know, three against the, you know, arguably the weakest team in the AL. I know the Orioles record is worse, but I mean, the Royals aren't good. So um, it's hard to it's hard to say, but I am probably going to go out of my way and say if they play how I know they can for the rest of the season, then I, I would say yes, if you're talking top 10. Now, it may be just outside of that for this upcoming one uh, 2020 draft, but I would say, yeah, probably they're going to finish better than uh, in the dumps this year. So, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm with you 100 percent behind that one. I agree. It's not going to be a they're not picking 30th. <laughs> you know, it's not going to yeah. be. It's We're still a ways off of that. So. We're still way away from that. But um, I think this might be the last time that you see the White Sox in that top five, at least top five. I think it's the last time you see them potentially in the top 10. I actually will venture to say it might be the last time that you see them in the top 15. Um, That's bold. I like I it, think, though. I think, it's, I think it's bold, but I think it's. I think it could be accurate. Uh, the way that the White Sox have played so far, and I know you bring up that they've they've kind of beaten up on on lesser teams, but that's how good teams win ball games. That's how you develop that winning culture that we like to talk about all the time. Yeah, you and, know that's. And, and so I was I was more referring to the Royals there. So I do have to stop myself and say, yeah, it was Cleveland, and that's a team that we were right there neck and neck with. So, uh, like I said, they play like they can. Then yeah, I think out of the top ten is a good. Uh, Fairly, I wouldn't say completely safe bet, but it's a very good possibility. How about that? Yeah, and I'll just say this. I would be happy if this is the last time we we get really excited about a draft for quite some time. You know what? I would be excited to not be excited about a draft, Tony. Mm-hmm. How's that? I, I yeah, I'm 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 with you. I'm you know, it's it's cool to it's cool to review the top three pick. We're gonna get to do this again with the Blackhawks. Um, coming up here uh, this month, but I'm tired of top three picks. I'm tired of top ten picks. I want back half the draft picks. I'm a little bit jealous of those Cubs guys over there uh, at ONTAP who are not as excited about the draft tonight because that means they have a winning ball club. Um, We're going to get there, though, Johnny. I have faith. Oh, it's soon. It's coming. You know, you kind of feel like this is granted. It's, you know, just a weak stretch here. Like I keep going back to, but you do kind of feel like this is a little bit of a turning point from the uh, product in Chicago winning. Like there was very little expectations over the past two seasons. Whereas now um, I feel like there's a little more sense of accountability and it's not just about, Oh, let these guys develop. It's we're doing what we can to win ball games here. And uh, hopefully in the next coming weeks, adding another little piece to this puzzle, um, I think that that's probably the next step in this whole thing, Tone. Any bold predictions there with that that next piece? I, I could uh, see Dylan Cease being brought up for uh, that national series at home. Ooh, that that's bold right there. Uh, I like it though. I, I really like that. Um, that would be a really fun time to be at the ballpark, Johnny. Oh, it absolutely would. It would, you know, an interleague opponent that's already going to draw a little extra. I feel like, uh, you know, even when times that we've had uh, St. Louis in, like last year, I know that's closer, but still. And these are just teams that you don't see that often. 
Um, so fans are excited to see them. You know, there's uh, I don't know what the pitching matchup will be when it gets back to Chicago, but there's always a possibility of a Strasburg or uh, Max Scherzer start. So um, if they're matched up against a Dylan Cease, I think that would be very intriguing that and probably be. sell probably uh, sell a lot of tickets. It would. It absolutely would. And uh, I've got tickets for that Tuesday game. So I'm going to I'm going to hope that uh, your predictions come true here, Johnny. Uh, I know it's bold. I know that you've been one of those guys that said that he's going to be more on the Kopech timeline, but I would like to. I would like to see the White Sox get a little aggressive here. I think it would. It would continue to breathe life into this ball club. Absolutely. Um, you just talk about providing that energy going forward. Uh, it does look like they are playing with more pep in their step, uh, so to say. But that would just you know, invigorate both the fan base and I believe the team. Cause you remember how, even though it was, you know, kind of garbage time in the season, how jacked up all the players even got for a uh, Kopech day. Oh yeah. I mean, Kopech day was probably my favorite day last year. It was, it was a good time out there. I mean, I, you saw everybody out at the ballpark when Kopech came up. Um, everybody was buying tickets. Maybe they shouldn't have been buying tickets. It was, one of those days where you you just wanted to be there. The park was electric. I could see the same thing happening when we get Dylan Cease up to the show. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how he does in this rotation and who he kicks out, uh, whether that's going to be Kovey or Manny Banuelos. Our guy, Andrew Kinsler, again, over at Ontab Sportsnet, Gave you a little bit of a preview blog that the White Sox are going to be skipping Banuelos' next start. Um, if you haven't checked that out, go read that. Um, he gives some good insights in there. Uh, I really liked reading that article myself. Um, but my guess would be if if there is a Dylan Cease call-up, you're going to see Banuelos back in that long reliever role. Uh, Covey had uh, a pretty decent showing in his last start. Um, I'm curious to see your take on that, and that's pretty much all I have for tonight, man. I would agree with you. Um, I, I think it would be Ben Willis back there. I've always said that I think he's best fit for a long relief role. So um, like you had said, Kovey giving us a decent start his last time out. So that would be my prediction as well. And yeah, that's all I've got. I'm happy with the Vaughn pick to wrap that whole segment up. I know we got a little bit off there, but like I was saying, you know, you get excited and feel like a turning point. So I just felt next piece. Yeah, absolutely. I am Happy as well. This was a good first round for the White Sox. Uh, obviously, we'll see how it plays out. I know you prefaced everything with a little bit of you'll come back and eat your words if things go if things go wrong. But right now, um, I'm with you, man. I'm happy with this. Um, we'll see what the White Sox do with the rest of this draft. Obviously, there can be some surprises in the later rounds. Uh, on Tap Sportsnet, we'll have you covered on draft recaps and, and all that, not only for the White Sox, but also the north side of town. Um, yeah, I mean, that's all I've got right now. Let's go White Sox. Let's go White Sox. <laughs>